0: Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. With our emotions, how can we deal with,
1: you know, we all feel emotions, and sometimes they affect us negatively. Um, But we're going to look at the the power and how we can harness the power of emotions to affect our internal and external world positively. And today we're going to talk about uh, uh, the power of our words. So we've called this message uh, Speak Gold. Speak Gold. um, And we'll look at that today. Before we kick off, uh, turn to your neighbor and and say, uh, what do you call a nose without a body? Just say to your neighbor, what do you call a nose without a body? Turn around to your other neighbor and say, nobody knows. (laughs) Nobody knows. Nobody. Nobody knows. (laughs) We've called this message, Speak Gold. Um, And in Dutch there's a saying that says, uh, speaking is silver, but uh, staying silent is gold. Uh, I think in English there's there's an equivalent saying, don't speak unless you can improve the silence. But in Dutch we say, uh, speaking is silver and remaining silent is gold. Uh, and, and if I have to weigh myself to that standard, if I have to be real honest, I think I'm a bit more silver than gold. <laughs> My wife agrees. <laughs> I'm a bit more silver than gold. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm a born and raised uh, Amsterdamer. I'm from Amsterdam, born and raised. And, and one of the qualities that we're not known for is uh uh, just biting our tongue (laughs) amsterdamers are not known for remaining silent amsterdamers are known for being blunt being direct uh, and always giving their opinion uh, whether people want their opinion or not uh, whether it's fitting uh, to give their opinion or not or whether it's the right time to give their opinion or not people from amsterdam give their opinion we're, we're in that respect quite different from the rest of the country but we're really direct and, and blunt so um yeah i'm i'm not used to biting my tongue <laughs> i've improved a little bit but i'm an Amsterdamer. so i'm i'm in that regard i'm a bit more silver than gold um there's a, a couple of other reasons why uh, people can be more silver than gold don't just be careful, don't nod too hard, don't shout amen now, uh, but maybe you know someone um, <laughs> who, who always, <laughs> sure agrees already, <laughs> um, maybe you know someone who, when you're telling about your weekend or your holiday, uh, always tries to trump your story, right? Maybe you know someone, don't raise your hand, um, maybe you know someone like that. Yeah, that's, it's a better moment to, to remain silent there. <laughs> or or maybe you always want to have the last word maybe someone says yes really loud yes (laughs) that's me (laughs) maybe you always want to have the last word and i'm I'm, I'm a bit like that too i don't want to you know take all the blame myself i think it runs in the family which always leads to really nice family situations (laughs) but i think i think we can all agree that sometimes speaking is really silver and remaining silent is really the better option um and if we look to the Bible, um, I think there are many situations where you can agree that maybe remaining silent uh, would have been the better option. Uh, take the Pharisees. There are so many conflicts between the Pharisees and Jesus, or the Pharisees and Jesus' disciples uh, that sometimes, you know, we read the Bible and we know the outcome. Like we know what Jesus' life has led to. Uh, so we're definitely Team Jesus in this conflict. Um, But even then, you might wonder, why do the Pharisees always have to talk or always have to, you know, give their opinion or always ask a nasty question? Why can't they just listen and learn? Um, And and in the passage that we're going to look at, Matthew 15, um, it's a similar situation, right? So the the Pharisees uh, often had a problem with the way the disciples, Jesus' disciples, were acting. And in Matthew 15, it's the same. So they see something that the Uh, disciples are doing they see a habit that the disciples have or something that the disciples did at one occasion maybe even um, and they think it's a problem like the pharisees really think jesus disciples really crossed the line this time like they stepped over a line and they violated everything they stood for so this was a serious problem that they had with jesus disciples so they come up to jesus and say how how can you allow this uh, to happen. So we can read in Matthew 15. Uh, then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked. Why do your disciples break the tradition of our elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. That's the problem. It's the biggest problem around, right? I, I didn't know they accepted moms in the Pharisees. <laughs> so so, so they, they were saying there's a problem. They don't, they're not washing their hands before they eat. Um, and, and obviously there's an there's a underlying problem, there's, there's some cultural context, um, because it was a, a very a rule-based society um, when they were living back then. So what the, Pharisee, what the Pharisees are saying is that your disciples, they're not keeping the laws, they're not keeping the traditions, so um, they're unclean, because you were clean, it was, it was a performance society, you had to keep all the rules, and if you kept all the rules, then you were good enough for God. <laughs> So they were actually saying, like, because the disciples are not washing their hands before they eat, we consider them unclean. Now, Jesus, how can you allow that? And, and we know now that Jesus is much less interested in the letter of the law, like the Pharisees, and he's much more interested in the heart of the law. So, so you might not fulfill all the rules. You might not keep all the rules or, fu- or fulfill all the boxes. Um, but Jesus is way more interested in, in your heart. Jesus, Jesus doesn't want to change us by, you know, uh, giving us a standard. This is how you should live. And if you can't live like this, then I don't want nothing to do with you. Like he gives us a standard, but he's also saying, first, I want to, I want to have your heart. I want you to have an open heart. I don't want you, I I don't want you to change from the outside in. I want to change you from the inside out. So Jesus is after our heart. So Jesus is way much more interested in, in the heart, uh, instead of just the letter. Um, so we can read what it actually means because the disciples like very often, Jesus would say something and the disciples wouldn't understand. Um, so Jesus explains to his disciples what he means in Matthew 15 verses 11. Uh, he says, uh, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that's what defiles them. So it's not about what you eat or if you washed your hands or not. It's like what comes out of your mouth in in terms of words, not something else in in terms of words. That's what defiles you. And and then he goes on in verse 17. He says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's uh, mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony and slander so so follow your heart (laughs) right now the bible teaches us that we have to guard our heart not follow it (laughs) but um what jesus is saying this there's there's a lot of weight that goes into our words like words are really powerful and and some of us may know that because there might have been things that someone has said about you or to you that have hurt maybe have stuck maybe have formed how you think and how you think about yourself. And I believe if that's the case, then uh, God has something different to say. I believe that there's healing here, and I believe uh, that there's comfort here. Um, and maybe you're listening to this and, and, and you're thinking by yourself, hey, there's a lot of weight that Jesus is laying on words, but you know, I haven't been the best at keeping my tongue. Maybe you've hurt someone else with the words that you, you, that you used. Uh, then I believe today that God is faithful to forgive when we confess our sins. Uh, that he's faithful to forgive. There's forgiveness uh, and freedom here today, uh, if you're in that second category. And, and in Matthew 12, uh, he continues to emphasize it. He says, But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word that they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you'll be condemned. That's heavy. That's so heavy. Jesus is actually saying, like, we'll weigh every word that you say, which is just troubling if I look at the words that I've said, right? And and it almost makes you think, better to remain silent, right? Speaking is silver, remaining silent is gold. I I think a couple of things to be clear. I think Jesus, to make clear that Jesus is not talking about salvation. If you're using the wrong words, if you've hurt people with your words, he's not talking about you losing your salvation. But he is saying that there's a weight to your words, there's a power to your words, and it's important that you watch watch what you say. um, And that there's a weight and God actually listens to what you say, uh, which is uh, mind-blowing as well. Um, and, and then the tendency to think, oh, it may be better to remain silent if, if my words are so weighty. Um, I don't think God is asking us to remain silent either. I don't think um, that what God is expecting of us, his people, his, his followers, uh, is that we just, you know, stay silent and not say anything. Um, uh, let me just look at uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 29. I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but you're in church, so it should be fine. Um, Paul says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. Uh, so what Paul is saying is don't, don't tear someone down with what you say, but also don't remain silent. Say something that builds up others. So I think the call to us is clear. Uh, we should build up others with what we say, not tear people down. We should build up others. So, so give compliments. Like cheer someone up. Encourage someone. Like, there is a time and place for uh, criticism as well, as long as it's uplifting criticism and you're actually building someone and not tearing people down. Um, so encourage someone. There's, there's four people that are getting the message here. <laughs> <laughs> four people yeah so so encourage each other that's what that's the, that's the key um when we speak gold there's there's something that happens there there are really things that happen when we speak gold um and, and we're going to look at that further today um so speak gold speak gold and in colossians 4 paul says let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt uh, so that you may know how to answer everyone uh so, d- just know that when you encourage someone, you're actually giving flavor to, to their life. You're, you're bling, bringing a bit of flavor. Um, you, you can season people's lives. Like, their life might be bland, but you can season it. Um, um, do, do you know that when you, when you give a really sincere piece of compliment or encouragement, that it feels like a blessing? Like, have you ever felt blessed by what someone else has said to you? Like, right? Uh, We can bless people by what we say. And uh, uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel says this. Every time you think of something positive about someone, tell them. uh, Never rob someone of the blessing of unspoken treasures. Don't rob people because you think good thoughts, right? I think we all think good thoughts. Like when the band was playing, you might not even know these people. But maybe you were thinking, hey, that bass line was really cool. Or maybe that guitar line was really cool. Or I like the, the, the drummer that was really good rhythm. You might think these thoughts. But tell them. Because these are treasures. These are blessings that you have in you. And you can bless people by what you say. So let's be a church that blesses each other. Let's be a church that encourages uh, one another. Because I think that would be really helpful. Um, I want to go even further than let's just be a church that blesses one another. Right? If, what we do when we encourage each other is that we actually uh, elevate one another. It's, like, it's better for us as a church to say, hey, David, is, David Spronk, our, our, our family pastor, is just a solid guy. The kids' programs that he runs is, are incredible. It's, it's better for me to elevate him than for him to elevate himself. Right? I, no one here likes a boastful guy. No one here likes, likes the guy that says, look at me, I'm awesome, I'm a legend, please compliment me. We, we never like those people. Um, but it's, it's the standard of this world, right? It's a world of self-promotion. Just open up your Instagram and you don't need long to see that it's a world of self-promotion. Like, I post pictures of myself as well. I'm not, I'm not blameless, <laughs> Um, But in a world of self-promotion, we got to understand that God's kingdom works differently than our culture. In God's God's culture, we elevate each other. We don't elevate ourselves. Uh, Let me just say it even stronger than this. Um, I don't think we can exalt God when we tear down each other. I don't think we can glorify God if we're indifferent about one another. Like, God cares about each and every one of us, like, he's a loving father. If, 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 if one of your kids messes with one of your other kids, you're not fine with that as a parent. Like, if your kids don't care about each other, that hurts you as a parent, right? God the Father is not glorified if we're indifferent about each other or when we tear down each other. The only way we can truly glorify and elevate God is if we elevate each other as well. That's the only way. I don't think we can glorify God unless we elevate each other. And then there's something that happens when we speak gold. Like there are a couple of things that happen. Um, the, the first one is that we build unity when we speak gold. Right? Unity happens when we elevate each other. There's w- one of my favorite um, uh, uh, stories in the Bible, and I've always loved this uh, story, is, is the story about the Tower of, of, of Babel. And, and we can look at it in Genesis 11. And there, there's this people that they want to build a tower. But they don't want to build a tower to glorify God. They don't want to build a tower because God told them, "Yo, build a tower for me or build a tower for the people. They, they want to build a tower because they want to be famous. <laughs> they want to be known. That's, that's their motivation for building the tower. So they don't build the tower with God. God is after a relationship he wants us to live with him he wanted this people this nation to live with him uh, but instead this nation wanted to do things for themselves so they wanted to be known by building this tower right so we can read in Genesis 11 that um, they said to each other uh, let us build ourselves a city with its tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves otherwise we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth and then we see God's reaction in verse 5. It says, but God came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. I think this is mind-blowing. God is admitting that these people are not building for him. This is for them. And he's admitting they're working as one people. They're speaking one language. So nothing is impossible for them. I think this is mind-blowing. Like, when I came to Christ, I was taught that with God, nothing is impossible. Right? So I thought the realm of impossibilities or becoming possible is with God. And, And that's good theology. With God, nothing is impossible. It's true. But what God is saying is that even without me, if you're working together as one people, speaking one language, nothing you plan will be impossible for you. And that opens up the possibilities for our life immensely. If we can succeed in speaking one language, uh, if we can succeed in speaking gold, being on one page with each other and, and, and giving each other compliments, like building each other up, in a good way, encouraging each other, then nothing is impossible. Yeah. Because we'll become a unity, and that unity itself is really powerful, even without God. Now add God to the picture of that. Yeah. Like the possibilities are endless for this church. Like Amsterdam can really be changed. Yeah. Like your friends and family, they can really be saved. Nothing is impossible then. I think, I think this is mind-blowing. That the potential is huge if we succeed in speaking gold and building a unity. <laughs> it's incredible. But there's a downside as well, right? What if you don't succeed in speaking gold? I think it's interesting that these people want to build a city and a tower and it's obvious that God doesn't want them to. He never gave them the assignment uh, and they're doing something that is completely out of his will. Um, And he wants to stop it. We know the story, he wants to stop it. But I think God's method is really interesting. We're talking about God, right? This is the God who created the heavens and the earth. Like, he created everything. This is the God who, you know, split open the Red Sea. Uh, the God of miracles, right? There's so many things he could have done to prevent these guys from building this tower and city. Like, this could have been a good Hollywood movie. This really could have been a blockbuster. Like, God could have sent a tsunami to devour the city, right? Can, can you imagine it? Big tower, bigger tsunami, indicating a bigger God, overcoming the people who are stubborn. Maybe he could split open the earth and devour the city, or he could send lightning to destroy the city completely. Like, he he could have overpowered these people easily. He's God. But I think it's interesting that he didn't. I think it's interesting that the only thing he did, and I'm saying the only thing, but it's a really powerful thing, is you made sure that they couldn't speak the same language anymore. That's the, all they needed to stop building. C- can I just sort of warn us that if we don't continue to speak one language, that's all we need to stop building? Like, we don't even need an enemy if we fall into gossip. If we fall into criticism, if we fall into talking behind each other 's back, if we fall into insulting one another and i 'm not saying that 's the case it 's completely not the case in this church i feel I feel blessed I feel uplifted being a part of this community um, but I, I just think it 's mind boggling that that 's all they needed to stop building the city <laughs> Th- that is the only thing it took um, so it 's really important for us to be proactive and and speak gold encourage each other build each other up Uh, because we know the possibilities are endless and we also know the alternative right we also know the other side Um, psalm 133 uh, gives a picture of what happens when we speak gold and build unity Um, in psalm 133 it says how good and pleasant is it when god's people live together in unity it's like precious oil poured on the head running down on the beard Running down Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Like when we create a place of unity by speaking gold, that's the place where God bestows his blessing and life forevermore. I think that's just wonderful. I think it's a wonderful idea that you can add to this being a place of blessing and life forevermore because of how you speak. And it's it's such an important aspect. Like you can be part of building this culture of blessing and life. Uh, When we talk about the rivers of life coming out of church this year, uh, you can add to that by speaking gold, by encouraging one another, by building each other up. Uh, You can add to this being being a place of blessing, this being a place of life forevermore. I think that's really powerful. You have a part to play. Um, there's something you can add here. Um, so you build unity when you speak gold. Uh, we, 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 we build each other up when we speak gold. Like there's, there's something good in, is, in, is, in each other. We elevate God when we speak gold about each other. We build unity. There's something else that happens when we speak. And um, uh, the thing is that we build, we create future with what we say. We create the future with what we say. You create the future when you speak gold. Um, the, the primary way we use our words is for communication. Right? That's, uh, that's an open door. <laughs> we all communicate mostly using words. Like, I, know, I know there's other ways to communicate as well, but words are a big part uh, of how we communicate. Um, and there's so, many, so much communication out there nowadays, right? Like, it's impossible to get through your Facebook timeline there's just too many opinions and monologues and everything on Facebook. Facebook everything is on Facebook, literally. <laughs> uh, you can't get through it. I can't even get through my Instagram timeline. There's just so m- many things being communicated. When I've looked at my whole feed, there's like when I looked at five pictures, there's already sort of a pop-up that happens that says new post. Right? So I look at my... I can't get through my whole feed because there's just too much on it. So, sorry if I haven't liked your pictures lately. I just can't get through my feed. (laughs) Um, And There's so many blogs, so many flogs, so many opinions and so many things communicated to us that it's impossible to process. There are too many things that are communicated to us. Uh, You can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. Um, And sometimes, because there's so much communication you forget that the first time that God spoke, it was not to communicate. It was to create. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Uh, Can I just tell you and remind you that you're created in God's image. God creates when He speaks. Don't think that you just communicate when you speak. When you speak, you create. You create the future when you speak. So the question is not really... Are you creating the future when you speak? The the question is, what future are you creating when you speak? What is the future that you're creating when you speak? Because you create a future. (laughs) Just which one are you creating? What are you forming around you? Um, And I I think this, right? God created heavens and earth. He's creative. Sometimes we don't consider ourselves to be creative. So, So we don't think in terms of, I create because we don't think we're creative. Um, but let me just remind you that you are, just by the simple fact that you're human. Like, the biggest, the biggest difference between humans and animals, I think, is that humans are creative, and animals aren't, right? The, so, I think we create things. We create houses to live in. We create so many different things that we can create, uh, and animals just live by intuition. Right? Animals live by intuition. The way they work, the way animals work might be creative. Um, but that's because they were made by, by a creative God. The animal itself isn't creative. Um, but we can think out of the box. We can make decisions. We can create things. Like you, you, Some of you are bothered and want to change your living room every six months uh, because you get bored with how, the way, how it looks. Right? You're creative. Um, animals don't have that problem. I'll just remind you animals don 't have that problem when birds build their nest um, they use branches, but a bird is not bothered if the branches aren't stacked parallel. But if you go to your house and look at your floor and the wooden panes aren't perfectly parallel it would it would drive you crazy right, yeah. right. Um, some of us care a lot about what we wear (laughs) Uh, because we we want to look good we care about this stuff so so we think about and care about our pieces of clothing and how we match it why we think about this Um, most of us think about this (laughs) but animals don't like a, a dog is not bothered if his outfit i don't know but dogs wear outfits nowadays and he's not bothered if his outfit doesn't match his pet buggy you know a stroller with a dog in it and i don't know how we got to the point where we have strollers with dogs in them but i'll forgive you if that's you but but dogs don't care about that stuff we do because within us we're really creative we're actually created to create god created you to create you're not meant to be in this world and have a neutral effect God designed you and placed you in a world to create the world around you to, to bring gold to speak gold around you so that you create a different world than you're currently living in right and if and if I'm talking sometimes a message, message might feel a little bit like a self-help talk where I'm just saying you've got to speak gold and these are the three effects of speaking gold in your life and these are five steps to speaking better and using your words for better outcomes, it feels like a, it might feel like a self-help thing sometimes when when we do messages but I'll just come back to the point that it's God who spoke first God took the first action can I tell you that God is not silent over your life you might not know God very well today or your relationship with God might be cold now you might not have prayed for weeks or months but God himself is not silent over you like he's not indifferent he cares he loves you but he's also not distant or silent like there are things that God says about you that are huge because there's something in you that what God wants to create let me just say that there's things in you that God wants to recreate and he wants to bring you back to him so some of us when I, when I said that at the beginning that some of us might have been hurt by things that others have said about us like there's a sort of a let, let me just say a false truth that lives in us that's you know it's stuck the things that other people have said about you they've stuck and now you believe that about yourself and they might be minor, they might be major. But there are things that, you know, you, you, you've been hurt. And I think right now is a place of healing. There's a place of restoration. And God really wants to do something. Um, the things that other people have communicated about you or communicated to you, they're not just simply not true. And there are things that God wants to say to create a new you in you. He calls you a new creation. The things that He wants to speak into life in you. You might think in terms of value that there are things that other people have said that make you feel worth less than others. I think this society works that way, right? So the way we value things is by accomplishments, results, maybe background. There are many different ways in which we value things but God values things completely differently let, let, me, let me say it like this I could paint the most beautiful painting you've ever seen uh, theoretically I can't but if I could if I could paint a really beautiful painting it would still be worth less than just the average Rembrandt or Van Gogh and that's not because every painting that Rembrandt did was beautiful you might be a fan, but even you have to admit that there are some works that are just not that beautiful. They might be special, but they're not beautiful. And, 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 and the reality is that the value of that painting is not measured by the quality of the painting. Let me just say quality is subjective anyways. <laughs> but the value of the painting is determined mostly by the painter and in the same way the quality in each of us that's subjective but the value that's in you it's not dependent of what people have said or what you've accomplished but it's determined by the painter the creator God who created you and and he says you're worth enough you're worth so much like he, he thinks you're worth so much he says it and he demonstrated it. He demonstrated it by going on a cross and dying. Like if that's not a demonstration, I don't know what it is. So you're worth so much. So what I want to do right now is just speak a couple of things over you. These are things they're not my words. they're things that God has to say. So what I'd like to do is for all of us to stand, close our eyes open our hearts like don't let this just be words don't let this just be a moment don't hold on to the things that have been said in the past hold on to what god has to say i I just really want to ask you i just really want to stress open up your heart and make room for what god has to say because he's not silent over your life he speaks gold over your life this is what he says from God to you you are my child you are alive in me you are my workmanship I've chosen you and I've known you even before you were born and you're not alone because I am with you and I love you you are free you are healed you are strong You are safe, you have been born again,
0: and now you're. Well, thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before, or maybe for some reason you've been you've been moving away from him and today i want to invite you to come back to him or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven and so i want to lead you in a prayer right now and i would really love for you to say this prayer with me and then straight after this prayer i would love you to do something for me but hey let's pray right now dear god i thank you for jesus thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life So I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.